Book Three, Part Two of Pharsalia, Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pharsalia by Lucan, translated by J. D. Duff. Book Three. Massilia Part Two. Now fell the forests far and wide, despoiled of all their giant trunks. For as the mound on earth and brushwood stood, a timber frame held firm the soil, lest pressed beneath its towers the mass might topple down there stood a grove which from the earliest time no hand of man had dared to violate hidden from the sun its chill recesses matted boughs entwined prisoned the air within no sylvan nymphs here found a home nor pan but savage rites and barbarous worship altars horrible on massive stones upreared sacred with blood of men was every tree if faith be given to ancient myth no fowl has ever dared to rest upon those branches and no beast has made his lair beneath no tempest falls nor lightnings flash upon it from the cloud stagnant the air unmoving yet the leaves filled with mysterious trembling drip the streams from coal-black fountains effigies of gods rude scarcely fashioned from some fallen trunk held the mid-space and pallid with decay their rotting shapes struck terror thus do men dread most the god unknown twas said that caves rumbled with earthquakes that the prostrate you rose up again that fiery tongues of flame gleamed in the forest depths yet were the trees unkindled and that snakes in frequent folds were coiled around the trunks men flee the spot nor dare to worship near and e'en the priest or when bright phoebus holds the height or when dark night controls the heavens in anxious dread draws near the grove and fears to find its lord spared in the former war still dense it rose where all the hills were bare and caesar now its fall commanded but the brawny arms which swayed the axes trembled and the men awed by the sacred grove's dark majesty held back the blow they thought would be returned this caesar saw and swift within his grasp uprose the ponderous axe which downward fell cleaving the mighty oak that towered to heaven while thus he spake henceforth let no man dread to fell this forest all the crime is mine this be your creed he spake for caesar's ire weighed down the wrath of heaven yet ceased they not to fear then first the oak the donna's ancient boast the knotty home the cypress witness of patrician grief the buoyant alder laid their foliage low admitting day though scarcely through the stems their fall found passage at the sight the gauls grieved but the garrison within the walls rejoiced 
for thus shall men insult the gods and find no punishment yet fortune oft protects the guilty on the poor alone the gods can vent their ire enough hewn down they seize the country wagons and the hind his oxen gone which else had drawn the plough mourns for his harvest but the eager chief impatient of the combat by the walls carries the warfare to the farthest west meanwhile a giant mound on star-shaped wheels concealed they fashion crowned with double towers high as the battlements by cause unseen slow creeping onwards while amazed the foe beheld and thought some subterranean gust had burst the caverns of the earth and forced the nodding pile aloft and wondered sore their wall should stand unshaken from its height hissed clown the weapons but the grecian bolts with greater force were on the romans hurled nor by the arm unaided for the lance urged by the catapult resistless rushed through arms and shield and flesh and left a death behind nor stayed its course and massive stones cast by the beams of mighty engines fell as from the mountain-top some time-worn rock at length by winds dislodged in all its track spreads ruin vast nor crushed the life alone forth from the body but dispersed the limbs in fragments undistinguished and in blood but as protected by the armor shield the might of rome drew nigh beneath the wall the front rank with their buckles interlaced and held above their helms the missiles fell behind their backs nor could the toiling greeks deflect their engines throwing still the bolts far into space but from the rampart top flung ponderous masses down long as the shields held firm together like to hail that falls harmless upon a roof so long the stones crushed down innocuous but as the blows rained fierce and ceaseless and the romans tired some here and there sank fainting next the roof advanced with earth besprinkled underneath the ram concealed his head which poised and swung they dashed with mighty force against the wall covered themselves with mantlets though the head light on the lower stones yet as the shock falls and refalls from battlement the rampart soon shall topple but by bulks the rocky fragments overwhelmed and flames the roof at length gave way and worn with toil all spent in vain the weary troops withdrew and sought the shelter of their tents again thus far to hold their battlements was all the greeks had hoped now venturing attack with glittering torches for their arms by night fearless they sallied forth nor lance they bear nor deadly bow nor shaft for fire alone is now their weapon through the roman works driven by the wind the conflagration spread nor did the newness of the wood make pause the fury of the flames which fed afresh by living torches neath a smoky pall leaped on in fiery tongues not wood alone but stones gigantic crumbling into dust dissolved beneath the heat the mighty mound lay prone 
yet in its ruin larger seemed next conquered on the land upon the main they try their fortunes on their simple craft no painted figurehead adorned the bows nor claimed protection from the gods but rude just as they fell upon their mountain homes the trees were knit together and the deck gave steady foothold for an ocean fight meanwhile had caesar's squadron kept the isles named stone shuddies and brutus turret ship mastered the rhone nor less the grecian host boys not yet grown to war and aged men armed for the conflict with their all at stake nor only did they marshal for the fight ships meet for service but their ancient keels brought from the dockyards when the morning rays broke from the waters and the sky was clear and all the winds were still upon the deep smoothed for the battle swift on either part the fleets assay the open and the ships tremble beneath the oars that urge them on by sinewy arms impelled upon the wings that bound the roman fleet the larger craft with triple and quadruple banks of oars gird in the lesser so they front the sea while in their rear shaped as a crescent moon liburian galleys follow over all towers brutus's deck praetorian oars on oars propel the bulky vessel through the main six ranks the topmost strike the waves afar when such a space remained beneath the fleets as could be covered by a single stroke innumerable voices rose in air drowning with resonant din the beat of oars and a note of trumpet summoning and all sat on the benches and with mighty stroke swept o'er the sea and gained the space between then crashed the prows together and the keels rebounded backwards and unnumbered darts or darkened all the sky or in their fall the vacant ocean as the wings grew wide less densely packed the fleet some grecian ships pressed in between as when with west and east the tide contends this way the waves are driven and that the sea so as they plough the deep in various lines converging what the prow throws up advancing from the foeman's oars falls back repelled but soon the grecian fleet was handier found in battle and in flight pretended and in shorter curves could round more aptly governed by the guiding helm while on the roman side their steadier keels gave vantage as to men who fight on land then brutus to the pilot of his ship dost suffer them to range the wider deep contending with the foe in naval skill draw close the war and drive us on the prows of these phoenicians him the pilot heard and turned his vessel slantwise to the foe then was the sea all covered with the war then grecian ships attacking brutus found their ruin in the stroke and vanquished lay beside his bulwarks while with grappling hooks others laid fast the foe themselves by oars held back the while 
and now no outstretched arm hurls forth the javelin but hand to hand with swords they wage the fight each from his ship leans forward to the stroke and falls when slain upon the foeman's deck deep flows the stream of purple slaughter to the foamy main by piles of floating corpses are the sides though grappled kept asunder some half dead plunge in the ocean gulping down the brine and crimsoned with their blood some lingering still draw their last struggling breath amid the wreck of broken navies weapons which have missed find yet their victims and the falling steel fails not in middle deep to deal the wound one vessel circled by phocian keels divides her strength and on the right and left on either side with equal war contends on whose high poop while tagus fighting gripped the stern phocian pierced his back and breast two fatal weapons in the midst the steel meets and the blood uncertain whence to flow stands still arrested till with double course forth by a sudden gush it drives each dart and sends the life abroad through either wound here fated talon also steered his ship no pilot's hand upon an angry sea more deftly ruled the vessel well he knew or by the sun or crescent moon how best to set his canvas fitted for the breeze to-morrow's light would bring his rushing stem shattered a roman vessel but a dart hurled at the moment quivers in his breast he falls and in the fall his dying hand diverts the prow then gyarius in act to climb the friendly deck by javelin pierced still as he hung by the retaining steel fast to the side was nailed twin brethren stand a fruitful mother's pride with different fates but ne'er distinguished till death's savage hand struck once and ended error he that lived cause of fresh anguish in their sorrowing souls called ever to the weeping parents back the image of the lost who as the oars grecian and roman mixed their teeth oblique grasped with his dexter hand the roman ship when fell a blow that shore his arm away so died upon the side it held the hand nor loosed its grasp in death yet with the wound his noble courage rose and maimed he dared renew the fray and stretched across the sea to grasp the lost in vain another blow lopped arm and hand alike nor shield nor sword henceforth are his yet even now he seeks no sheltering hold but with his chest advanced before his brother armed he claims the fight and holding in his breast the darts which else had slain his comrades pierced with countless spears he fails in death well earned yet ere his end collects his parting life and all his strength strains to the utmost and with failing limbs leaps on the foeman's deck by weight alone injurious for streaming down with gore and piled on high with corpses while her side sounded to ceaseless blows the faded ship let in the greedy brine until her ways were level with the waters 
then she plunged in whirling eddies downwards and the main first parted then closed in upon its prey full many wondrous deaths with fates diverse upon the sea in that day's fight befell caught by a grappling hook that missed the side had lycidas been whelmed in middle deep but by his feet his comrades dragged him back and rent in twain he hung nor slowly flowed as from a wound the blood but all his veins were torn asunder and the stream of life gushed o'er his limbs till lost amid the deep from no man's dying has the vital breath rushed by so wide a path the lower trunk succumbed to death but with the lungs and heart long strove the fates and hardly won the whole while bent upon the fight an eager crew were gathering to the margin of the deck leaving the upper side as bare of foes their ship was overset beneath the keel which floated upwards prisoned in the sea and powerless by the spread of arms to float the main they perished one who haply swam amid the battle chanced upon a death strange and unheard of for two meeting prows transfixed his body at the double stroke wide yawned his chest blood issued from his mouth with flesh commingled and the brazen beaks resounding clashed together by the bones unhindered now they part and through the gap swift pours the sea and drags the corpse below next of a shipwrecked crew the larger part struggling with death upon the waters reached a comrade bark but when with elbows raised do they seize upon the bulwarks and the ship rolled nor could bear their weight the ruthless crew hacked off their straining arms then maimed they sank below the seething waves to rise no more now every dart was hurled and every spear the soldier weaponless yet their rage found arms one hurls an oar another's brawny arm tugs at the twisted stern or from the seats the oarsman driving swings the bench in air the ships are broken for the fight they seize the fallen dead and snatch the sword that slew nay many from their wounds frenzied for arms pluck forth the deadly steel and pressing still upon their yawning sides hurl forth the spear back to the hostile ranks from which it came then ebbs their life-blood forth but deadlier yet was that fell force most hostile to the sea for thrown in torches and in sulphurous bolts fire all-consuming ran among the ships whose oily timbers soaked in pitch and wax inflammable gave welcome to the flames nor could the waves prevail against the blaze which claimed as for its own the fragments borne upon the waters lo on burning plank one hardly escapes destruction one to save his flaming ship gives entrance to the main of all the forms of death each fears the one that brings immediate dying yet quails not their heart in shipwreck from the waves they pluck 
the fallen darts and furnishing the ship essay the feeble stroke and should that hope still fail their hand they call the sea to aid and seizing in their grasp some floating foe drag him to mutual death but on that day ficus above all others proved his skill well trained was he to drive beneath the main and search the waters with unfailing eye and should an anchor gainst the straining rope too firmly bite the sands to wrench it free oft in his fatal grasp he seized a foe nor loosed his grip until the life was gone such was his frequent deed but this his fate for rising victor as he thought to err full on a keel he struck and found his death some drowning seized a hostile oar and checked the flying vessel not to die in vain their single care some on the vessel's side hanging in death with wounded frame essayed to check the charging prow tyrrhenius high upon the bulwarks of his ship was struck by leaden bolt from balearic sling of ligdamas straight through his temples passed the fated missile and in streams of blood forced from their seats his trembling eyeballs fell plunged in a darkness as of night he thought that life had left him yet ere long he knew the living rigours of his limbs and cried place me o friends as some machine of war straight facing towards the foe then shall my dart strike as of old and thou tyrannus spend thy latest breath still left upon the fight so shalt thou play not wholly dead the part that fits a soldier and the spear that strikes thy frame shall miss the living thus he spake and hurled his javelin blind but not in vain for argus generous youth of noble blood below the middle waist received the spear and failing drove it home his aged sire from furthest portion of the conquered ship beheld than whom in prime of manhood none more brave in battle now no more he fought yet did the memory of his prowess stir phoenician youths to emulate his fame oft stumbling o'er the benches the old man hastes to reach his boy and finds him breathing still no tear bedewed his cheek nor on his breast one blow he struck but o'er his eyes there fell a dark impenetrable veil of mist that blotted out the day nor could he more discern his luckless argus he who saw his parent raising up his drooping head with parted lips and silent features asked the father's latest kiss a father's hand to close his dying eyes but soon his sire recovering from his swoon when ruthless grief possessed his spirit this short space he cried i lose not which the cruel gods have given but die before thee grant thy sorrowing sire forgiveness that he fled thy last embrace not yet has passed thy life-blood from the wound nor yet is death upon thee still thou mayest outlive thy parent thus he spake and seized the reeking sword and drave it to the hilt 
then plunged into the deep with headlong bound to anticipate his son for this he feared a single form of death should not suffice now gave the fates their judgment and in doubt no longer was the war the grecian fleet in most parts sunk some ships by romans oared conveyed the victors home in headlong flight some sought the yards for shelter on the strand what tears of parents for their offspring slain how wept the mothers mid the pile confused oft times the wife sought madly for her spouse and then chose for her last kiss some roman slain while wretched fathers by the blazing pyres fought for the dead but brutus thus at sea first gained a triumph for great caesar's arms End of Book 3, Massilia, Part 2